Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to The Gold Derby Show on The Gold Derby Podcast Network. Welcome back to Gold Derby. Chris Rosen, I'm joined by Joyce Ng. Joyce, we had so much going on this week, including This Oscar morning. Hour. Yeah, this morning alone. It's Wednesday morning. Andrea Riseboro broke her silence, Joyce, finally, which we were waiting for because she did not go to the Oscars nominees luncheon on Monday. She didn't. She was one of three acting nominees who didn't yeah. go. Her, Ana de Armas, and Barry Keoghan. So a good turnout overall. 17 of 20. We have a lot to talk about. We're going to do our BAFTA predictions, our Directors Guild Award predictions, and our Art Directors Guild Award predictions, because they're all this weekend. But first, we're going to talk about the nominees luncheon, because it sounded like so much fun. We did not go. I just had to watch the photos and the tweets. Love did the you tweets. watch the, the video that they... I don't have time for 30 minutes of somebody calling up names. I, I looked I at the photo, though. It's a great photo. I mean, you always look at the photo. Uh, so Just a couple panorama, of... like, come on. So, so the big takeaway to me was, uh, you know who people love? Tom Cruise. <laughs> well, you know, he really saved Hollywood's ass. As, as Steven Spielberg said, you saved Hollywood's ass. You might have saved theatrical distribution with Top Gun Maverick. Our beloved Spielberg and Cruise collaborations, which haven't happened, I think, in 10 years, maybe or more, right? I mean, when was the last time? More. They yeah, Almost like 20 years. Worlds. 18 um, years. Wow. Yeah. So, but I mean, it's also like we all know everyone loves Tom Cruise, but it's also that he's been pretty absent on the circuit so right. far. So this was like his first really big appearance. Kyle, Kyle Buchanan and his write-up uh, really leaned into the class photo thing. I feel like Kyle was, uh, to me, is the early adopter on caring about the class photo in, with regard to like pundits and people who do this. So then he kind of owns that space. And he was like, it was like, uh, you know, when you're doing this award circuit, everybody knows everybody because you've been at the same stupid events and lunches and everything for months. So it's like you see the same people. But Tom Cruise is like a new student coming in because he had not been very visible on the campaign trail. Too busy making Mission Impossible and jumping off buildings and, and, yeah. and mountains. And, you know, he wasn't going to go to the Globes. Well, obviously, <laughs> he returned those Globes. Uh, so, yeah, so there he was. I, I got to say, it made me, uh, watching Steven Spielberg say you saved Hollywood's ass uh, really made me go back into thinking Top Gun could win Best Picture, Joyce. I'm still not going to let that one go, probably. We'll see if it wins PGA. Well, yeah, like it wouldn't need to win PGA first, which is a definite possibility. That's it, next weekend. Yeah, If it wins PGA, I, I absolutely think I could be see myself predicting it to win Best Picture. 
People love him. They. Love I mean, him. I think I have it in second <laughs> in my Oscars prediction. So, I uh, know <laughs> uh, so I have Banshees in second. I have uh, Top Gun in third. So I have, yeah. I have Top Gun in second. Uh, I love, I love it. Love seeing, it. love to see it, Joyce. Uh, the other thing I noticed a lot of, you know, every year we go through who got the most applause. Uh, not a lot, even for someone like me who loves that kind of thing. Not a lot this year that surprised me. It's like everything, everywhere, all at once. The entire cast who is nominated, uh, lots of applause for them. Uh, Angela Bassett, I saw, received a lot of applause. You know, Austin Butler, Colin Farrell, the usuals. Yeah. So the thing with the uh, applausometer, applausometer. Yeah. Um, is that, like, obviously the most famous people are going to get the applause. So I didn't watch the the thirty minute video either, but I've seen past ones, yeah. and there's hundreds of nominees there. So obviously the the below the line folks, the you know, the lesser known people, the artisans, they're not going to get loud applause. And right. so there's there's going to be like long stretches where it's just a bunch of like below the line people. So they get like the nice golf clap. Sure. And then when it's like a big star, an actor or, you know, a big name director or someone, they'll get louder cheers. So it's like all relative too. But yes, I agree. Like none of those people are surprising that they no. got the loudest applause. And also that in that room, it's not just the nominees, it's journalists yes. there and then um also publicists and they are the loudest people who will clap and like just from my personal experience I've never been to a luncheon but I've been to similar events like that there's always a fleet of publicists in the back and they clap and cheer the loudest you, you got to bring your hype people Joyce yeah come on. The idea. so uh so really yeah so it seemed like a fun event I, I would like I said nothing really surprised me except for Andrea Reiser not being there because we, we we discussed this last week we we're like that's gonna be fun because she's gonna have to maybe be there and and people are gonna ask her things and I'm sure sure it'd be a topic of conversation it, it didn't seem like it was at all uh nobody seemed to really be that pressed about the best actress race at, at the at the event uh, well it would have been different had she been there right so i, I do so. wonder if like this whole thing hadn't happened if she would have gone because obviously the the party line is that she was working sure. on the palace right right like all all three of them who weren't there were filming yes so but i feel like if she really wanted to go and like this being her first nomination it was such a surprise that like they probably could have worked it out i think they probably film. would have yeah, uh, but I think she's been like obviously castigated in the headlines, Joyce, for for getting Oscar nominated, and so she she spoke out this week, uh, today on Wednesday. Well, it was published today. Published today. She spoke <laughs> out. I guess when did they do this? Like last week, probably. It's a uh, so well um, as they noted in the piece, this the interview, the sit down was arranged before um, the the backlash that followed, but the backlash was pretty in- immediate. So it definitely was, I think the backlash came in waves. There was a shock. It was like, it was like the, the online backlash, like the day of the nominations. And then a couple of days later it was, you know, Baloney's thing and then the investigation. So I'm assuming they scheduled it to like the day of the nomination. I think they probably did. Yeah. Like, oh, what a great, what a shocking surprise. You're so excited. Yeah. And then it's like, come to London. She's shooting with Kate again. So. (laughs) And then it just went into the tank, obviously for, for a variety of reasons that we've discussed over multiple weeks, but I would say, uh, I, I really enjoyed this. I would say the, the standout to me was Mark Maron just speaking, speaking. You should just read this for Mark Maron's quotes because he has no fucks to give, which we already knew from his previous comments. Great. But this is like nothing in this piece is that illuminating if you've been following this for the past three weeks. Right. Um, so it, like this would only be, I guess, 
interesting to someone who had like a casual observer of this you know because it really just lays out the timeline of how all this happened but like we already know this stuff but yeah the Mark Maron quotes iconic (laughs) so the Mark Maron quotes are going I will say the few things Andrew Riseborough I thought was interesting is that she doesn't actually in the so it seems like she spoke to Seth Abramovich uh, in a in a tea house, I thought it was another. I just I love the times we live in, where she wore a mask to come into the restaurant and then took the mask off to sit. Which I'm like, that, well, it's been like that for like. It just never years. ceases to amuse me. I guess would say, I would say it, it tickles me to think that we still do that. Uh, but then she sat down and, and spoke, and he asked about like the controversy, not just the campaigning stuff, but obviously like the fact that Danielle Deadweiler and Viola Davis weren't nominated, and the perception is that Andrew Riseborough stole those spots, and what that says about the Academy and their embrace of Black actresses and performers. She didn't answer that in the interview. She had to wait to email those answers, which I was like, interesting. Yeah, which they noted in the piece, too. Definitely noted. Parenthetical. (laughs) She will, she, she, uh, when asked questions about the awards campaign or the conversations about race and privilege, it's sparking. She hesitates, preferring to address those matters in a later conversation, which she will, via email. And then one of the things she said was, I don't know what I know. I think once I have time to process everything, I might understand it a little better. Uh, like you said, it's a lot of, it's a lot of TikToking on what happened. Helen Hunt making an appearance as an early adopter to the movie. Who introduced um, Michael Morris and Mary McCormick. Didn't know that. So that was something yeah. I learned. Uh, it goes through a lot of her stuff and then talks about how we know the movie came out and didn't make any money and Momentum Pictures didn't do anything and they spent their own money to get on the Academy screening site. Uh, and then actors really embraced it. Uh, yeah, she thought she was shocked by Kate Blanchett's shout out the Critics' Choice Awards. She was like, I didn't know she knew my name. She could have called me Angela. Correct. Uh, I'm trying, I'm scrolling through it. Oh, there's, there's, a, there's a quote from uh, Sarah Paulson who has never met Andrea yes but they asked her like why were you just you know so into this performance and she basically said that um a lot of times when because Andrea plays an alcoholic like a downtrodden and alcoholic in this and Sarah basically says that a lot of times when actors de-glam there's still an element of glamour to it because they don't want to be seen in an unflattering night light so she feels like Andrea really stripped away all of that vanity. Right. Uh, sure. I, I guess so. I, like I said, I thought the movie's totally fine. Her performance is, is, is totally fine. So then we get to, to Mark Maron's quotes. Uh, it mentions how, obviously, they did an investigation, how it sparked outrage and, and concern. And Gina Prince-Bythewood and Daniel Deadweiler spoke about this. Maron doesn't really talk about that, but he does, quote, scoff at the Academy's show of concern. That's what Seth wrote. And then here's what Mark says. If they need to fix the rules around how social media works for the voting process, just do it next time. But somebody put a fire up their butts about, you know, how could this happen? It just became loaded on a lot of levels and they freaked out. He blamed Momentum Pictures. This I thought was interesting. I mean, obviously kind of like expected or I guess you maybe intuitively would have known this because the movie didn't really exist. Uh, But he was like Momentum, quote, botched the submission process. Uh, no DGA submissions, the music wasn't submission, the ensemble wasn't submitted for SAG or Golden Globes or Oscars. None of us were submitted for SAG or Golden Globes or Oscars, just Andrea for the two or three awards she was nominated for. So in light of that, when I saw this grassroots thing happening and then it delivered her this nomination, I was thrilled. Uh, it's upsetting in retrospect that this experience has become so loaded and toxic and challenged. And then he doesn't stop there, Joyce. He says, a few highly paid consultants for big money campaigns for big studios got blindsided and then started a bunch of shit. 
Andrea, she's in it for the work, dude. I mean, if that's not clear from this woman's career that she's the real deal and she does it for the work, then you're not looking at her correctly. But now that she's targeted at the center of this fake controversy, I hope it works out in her favor. I mean, you know, we discussed this last week. Was I feel like every, we've been talking every about her week. for like a month, yes. but it was like, I think it was last week because it was after their ruling on the investigation. Um, and Kyle, you know, he tweeted that, um, you know, just like sarcastically was like, I wonder like how many actual Academy members were upset by this or was it just, you know, strategists because he got his share phone calls about it, you know? So, uh, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, nothing he said there, I think is really wrong i do think it's yeah except except like you're not i mean yeah i'm like you know it's not surprising they like none of them outside of andrew was submitted at sags like sag does have a submission process not like the oscars not categorized but they do the oscars they send out a reminder list of the movies so i don't remember if two leslie was on that probably not <laughs> right and i guess you could you could extrapolate from there that like again like we said the movie didn't really exist so while she didn't get in at these other things where you're like, oh, when you look at it and it's like kind of the reason there were the expectations that Daniel Deadweiler and Viola Davis specifically were going to get nominated is because they checked off all the boxes. You could argue that Daniel Deadweiler, I mean, that Andrew Reiser wasn't even competing in those other things because the movie didn't exist. And so, yeah, like, and I also don't know how many in a bubble. people know that you, like you need to pay a fee to submit your stuff at award shows correct and so like yeah. they did it for the academy screening site they said that andrew riseborough and, and michael moore has paid like 20 grand to get it up on the academy yeah. screener site but so i guess you could you could extrapolate it out it's even like though, it's like end out all over again just spending her own cash to send all compliance screeners so. right so you could extrapolate out that like they, she wasn't really competing against the other competition and so we don't actually know in a bubble uh how or in a perfect situation how that would have played out like maybe if andrew riseborough had the visibility of Till or her Woman King uh, for the last five months, she might have been getting nominated here and would have been a serious contender uh, before the Oscars, right? Like, you don't know. Well, it's yeah. like, like we've been saying this whole time, it just comes down to money. Like, they did this because Momentum had no money. Right. So uh, they, they went rogue and just, you know, turned everything upside down and just used social media to yes. do this. But what was funny in this piece, I thought, was they mentioned some um like minor critics award nomination she got Let me i think see. chicago yeah yeah chicago but they don't mention that she got an indie spirit nomination <laughs> which is bigger than no offense to chicago but <laughs> kind of missed uh for her for andrew risero again via email not seemingly not not as uh not as fire and brimstone as mark Marin. she wrote awards campaigning is as 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 cervically exclusive as it has always been I do not yet know what measures will best encourage meritocracy. I've been working towards discovering them and will continue to do so. And then uh, she later, the, uh, Seth kind of goes into, like we were just saying, the Gina Prince-Bites op-ed and Daniel Deadweiler uh, talking about uh, uh, her snub as well. And then uh, Riseboro says, she is coming to terms with what the nomination means for me and for others. Of the debate that nomination has elicited, she wrote, it not only makes sense that this conversation would be sparked, but it is necessary. The film industry is abhorrently unequal in terms of opportunity. I'm mindful not to speak for the experience of other people because they are better placed to speak, and I want to listen. Uh, I'm grateful for the conversation because it must be had. It has deeply impacted me. 
I will say her her commentaries remind me a little of Michelle Yeoh, who spoke about this last week, uh, kind of asked about this. I think people maybe were expecting her, you know, Michelle Yeoh to, to possibly pile on. But she said, I don't know enough to make a comment. She was asked by the BBC this. I don't know enough to make a comment, but then she made a comment choice. Uh, she said, I know that the Academy has always prided itself on having regulations where we all play by the rules. And if it was so easy, it could have been done before to, you know, I'm going to bracket here to game the system like uh, allegedly Andrew Riseborough did here. And so I think we are all ever evolving. We will always keep evolving in how to protect our integrity. And I have great faith we will do that. Yeah. And then she also, Michelle also went, said some other stuff about how, you know, not everyone, like she wishes Viola and Danielle could have gone nominated. I have, she, I have that here. Yeah. She yeah. says, I love Viola and Danielle Deadweiler to the extreme. I wish honestly that we were all just getting the Oscars. It's tough. It's tough to be pitched against each other. It took me 40 years to even get a nomination. Everyone, every single actor, actress, and filmmaker pours their heart and soul into the movies, the stories they want to tell. I don't think we started the journey thinking this is what we're aiming for. The stories we want to tell are much more important than that. But then she also yeah. said, the, the interviewer was like, "Do you? does that mean you don't think we should have Oscars? And Michelle, great answer. I thought this was great. I want every one of us to get the Oscars. I want the Oscars. It's a validation from your peers to say, we see you, we recognize you. It's taken so long to be seen and recognized. Yeah, I think what both Michelle and Andrea said were fair. Um, I do agree that I think a lot of people were expecting Michelle to be a little bit more critical um, of it. But I also like, they're, like, I don't know why you would expect them to be. Like, they're, they're also nominated. And... Right. It's like, you know, um, and this really has nothing to do with them. Um, right. You know, like Andrea's thing, is, like the campaign is completely separate from what happened like to Viola and Danielle, really. It just, it just, they just both happen to occur in the same category. But, you know, what they both said, I think, um, you know, it's very much about the bigger picture. And I think what happens with award season and especially the Oscars is people view the Oscars as the end game as the goal and I think it's very easy when you know like Michelle says stuff like you know the stories we tell are more important is very easy to poo poo that and say like oh you're just saying that because you don't want to seem desperate to win like you don't want to seem like you really want the Oscar and stuff but I do believe that's true and like I don't think the Oscar is the end, end point it's not the goal like I think it's just a very prominent checkpoint mm -hmm. um and a never-ending battle um you know, specifically in this case, for better representation. Right. Like, you know, like she, like Michelle is the first that, uh, Asian Best Actress nominee, and this is the 95th year of the Oscars. Right. You it, know, it, we still it, only have one woman of color right. who won that award, <laughs> and that was 21 years ago. Mm -hmm. So, and like when, you know, when Hallie won, she made that comment that she, that she was like, you know, it's an honor for me to be the vessel, and like, because, you know, I won this tonight, like the door's been open no one's one sense right you know like that's like and I think you know like we've talked about this before like you might if you if you like voted for her back then you might feel like you you did it like you know it's like we finally have a black uh, black best actress winner and you know that was like all the headlines back then because it was like her and Denzel winning mm -hmm. but nothing has changed <laughs> since then right so it is about like getting the opportunity to even be in the conversation. It's not about getting the opportunity to win the Oscar. It's about getting the opportunity to do great projects and tell great stories 
that would put you in consideration that like people would talk about and to have also the financial backing of a studio. <laughs> right. That would help you get there too. Which, which at least in, you would argue in the case of Viola Davis, Sony and, and MGM for Daniel Deadweiler, uh, you pro- they probably did this here, right? Like there was uh, money. Put yeah, like they the were backed by big studios. And I think, you know, it's also like, again, like their issue, so to speak, is is like, you know, it's still, it goes back to the industry as a whole. Like there, there are, there's still a lot of gatekeeping. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's like, like, like we had these... said, uh, sorry, but like we had said too, like, I don't know if we said this or when we said this, I know I've said this to you probably at least on, on the Slack's choice is it, even if Daniel Deadweiler had gotten nominated this year, all the stuff that has been said by Daniel Deadweiler and Gina Prince-Bythewood and Viola Davis would still be applicable, applicable and, mm-hmm. and, and accurate. And so it wouldn't really have changed a, a thing, you know, in, in the grand scheme of things, right? Like, obviously. Yeah. So like, it's yeah, still like, like, you like, know, how, like how far was, was getting people to see the woman King and then, you know, people coming up to her saying that like they were basically dragged to see it and they were surprised they loved it and they thought that was a compliment to her right um you know it's like stuff like that and it's just like you like you need to give women of color more opportunities to tell better and bigger stories and then it'll normalize everything too so then it wouldn't be such like you know a quote-unquote abnormality for um you know like like were like these comments to be made like you know Gina having people having like come up to her being like oh like I didn't want to see this movie you know like she shouldn't be dealing with those comments and but like it's it's just like that's not something that those people in their lifetime in their Oscar voting lifetime let's say just be specifically in this case it's like there has not been a lot of you know all black female-led movies like that especially in the Oscar conversation. Right. So uh, I'll give you another person who weighed in this week, Joyce, and then we can move on to our predictions. Our, our pal Spike Lee, who we talked about last week with Malcolm X, uh, had, a, had a great interview with The Guardian. Um, uh, and then he said a couple of things. One thing he wanted to say, hang on, I wanted to find it because I have it in here. Uh, first, he, he meant the, the interviewer mentioned how Daniel Scheinert said it was a great crime movie, Malcolm X. Remember, we talked about this last week and how it was a Twitter controversy. Spike, it says, seemed nonplussed, even amused. I never heard that description before, he said. But look, I'm not going to kill the guy. I've misspoken many times in my life, too. So I'm calling on Black Twitter to give the guy a break. Because when Black Twitter gets on your ass, they get on your ass. That's Spike. Uh, and then he also talked about the best actress race, Joyce. Did and, he, though? And, well, like, like Michelle Yeoh, he said, I have really got nothing to say about it, but then had something to say about it. Uh, he said, I'm happy Angela Bassett got nominated. I'm happy Ruth Carter got nominated for who a long time that was my costume designer. Uh, but beyond that, he was reigns tight-lipped. He says, it gets tricky when you get to with these awards things. The Academy has a history with a history. Let's leave it at that. But the whole Oscar so white hashtag definitely made an impact. The Academy, to their credit, has made changes to bring diversity to the voting body. Yeah, that's. I think that's also a fair comment. Yeah, I would just say like Spike is not one to uh, hold back his thoughts, so I do think that he probably. No, I mean, 
because he's been or very even, like on his face like we we all saw his face when green book won so uh, he had the greatest it was i was i saw it i don't know why it went re-viral last week maybe or i just it was the greatest thing after when he was talking remember at the vanity fair party he was like after he won and they asked him about like how he looked when uh he was when green book won and he was like you're english you're british they have a saying not my cup of tea and then he like runs around in circles laughing i mean just the greatest that was also like when he because like in the press room he also was just like downing champagne because he was just absolute king he (laughs) is the greatest not my cup of tea (laughs) holy cow yeah but i mean you know this is like it's not this is not an an immediately fixable problem no and it wouldn't have been even if we had a different outcome this year i don't know and even no matter who wins best actress this year like like okay let's say if michelle wins Mm -hmm. that would be great historic very happy for her um but it doesn't it doesn't mean things end it doesn't mean like racism is solved it doesn't mean systemic racism in hollywood is solved right it will be definitely there will definitely be a sense of though that we did it i think oh of course and that there i think there'll definitely be some people thinking you know like pat themselves on the back be like i i voted for her you know the first uh asian best actress winner they're like it's like the uh get out meme i would have voted for obama a third time if i could that that's we're gonna get a lot of uh bradley woodford's uh in the academy feeling good about themselves uh joy so that's the news now we want to do our predictions for bafta dga what are, what are we doing first? I think we should do BAFTA because I feel like- Even I mean, though that's the last one. <laughs> it's the last one, but for our, for um, uh, to ask people to stick around while we're doing these other ones before we get to BAFTA seems like a, a great leap. Listen, uh, they can skip, okay? They can definitely <laughs> skip ahead, but we should start, let's do BAFTA first. <laughs> I feel like we'll have more energy for this than the others. Uh, okay, so Joyce, we have uh, a lot of categories here to go through. We'll go with best picture first. Uh, who I'll go first and you what do you think okay well read the nominees <laughs> the nominees are the Banshees of Inisherin, Everything Everywhere All at Once All Quiet on the Western Front Tar and Elvis and Joyce I have Everything Everywhere winning um so I already had Banshees in here I I think I'll keep it okay I had Banshees and I just was like Man, I don't know if anybody cares enough to think beyond everything everywhere, even even in BAFTA. I, I feel like B- Banshees would win here at BAFTA. It makes a lot of sense. It's first in our odds. But I'm just like, everyone loves everything everywhere. There, It, it just doesn't seem like there's even a thought now to like expect something else to win. Um, I mean, this is definitely the best chance or like, I don't think Banshees is going to win PGA. So no. this is basically like the last thing it can win. And it already beat it at the Globes. Right. So it would make sense for it um, to win here too. So um, it makes sense. And I, I it obviously had a lot of nominations. I, I could see All Quiet on the Western Front doing really well here, but I don't think that's like a serious competitor win. I just think everything everywhere is just like a juggernaut at this point, though I guess we'll see. I don't know. I, I, I was also like they could give Banshee's best British film, which I have it down for winning as well. Not that they can't well, it's definitely going to win that, so it can win so, both. And not a lot of films like actually win, win both. That was my so. thinking. So I was just like, I don't know. It very easily could win. I think it's like very close. But I'm just at this point like, I don't really have anything other to say other than people love everything everywhere. It just seems like even across the pond, they were embracing this movie. It's not just an American phenomenon like maybe Coda was. Well, I think Lakota like, was a nominee for Best Picture, but like 
BAFTA was the one who gave it adapted screenplay and then it was like true it is on so like maybe it it would have like I don't think it would have won best picture though at, at BAFTA I mean like you don't know like I guess you're right because right. I think it just peaked too late for it to make the right. final five right so. uh best director Joyce the nominees the Daniels, uh, Daniel Scheinert, Malcolm X's favorite crime uh, movie supporter, and Daniel Kwan. Then Martin McDonough, Edward Berger, Todd Field, Park Chan Wook, and Gina Prince Bythewood. And Joyce, I'm going. I'm going Todd Field. I'm going out on the limb. I think this is where he starts his ascent to winning Best Director at the Oscars. I think he wins a BAFTA. Well, so so I still have the Daniels here. I have Todd in second, but I can also see them actually giving it to Martin too. So I have him in third. So I have Martin in third also. it's. A, I feel like this is a very close competitive category. I don't think any of these guys is out in front very much. No. And I don't think they're, I mean, like, well, probably like after, like by like Monday, we'll say like, obviously like, you know, like the Daniels were always the front runners, but sure. like right now it's like. Are they like yes. really? It, it feels like they they just kind of like slid into the front runner position because like Fableman's has been weakening. Yes, you know, I, and obviously Fableman's not here. I um, I just do feel like for whatever reason, and maybe this is like overestimating or whatever. I'm just like, I it's they're all like all of these movies, all these directors are auteurs, but I think like based on like past director winners in the last like five or six years, Todd Field feels the most like the other director winners. He does. And like even like also at the Oscars too. And it's it's just it's weird because we it's been a really long time where we've had a race where it doesn't feel like there is a really strong directing front runner. Yeah. You know what would you even say? I mean, you know this better than me. What do you think it was? Well, I would say like the last one where it was like the the boyhood birdman year because it was just right. the industry just flipped everything and went all in on birdman right after that but like richard Linklater still won bafta right so i i could like you said like monday we could be like the daniels are obviously the front runner and they're gonna win best director and they still might be on monday but i just think todd field is gonna i i, I just it just makes so much sense to me i don't know why it just does i know i want to i don't know maybe i'll put him in there i thought about it but then i had to because i updated this morning but then right. i had to move on to the other categories right so but so since we're doing bafta first we haven't talked about dga so right. what would have to happen at dga for you to even change anything at bafta <laughs> nothing i don't think it adds really a big effect i think it, you don't care I don't, who wins at dga i don't Saturday. compare it to bafta i think bafta is it's like its own thing uh for best it's actor. like well, well, yeah, because I think I think like Todd also like again, he feels like the type of prestige a tour that would be dominating in a past year. Like he's, you know, won some of the highbrow critics, but like all the, the regional critics have gone to the Daniels. Right. But I also feel like it's because people just love that movie. <laughs> I think it is. And I just keep going back to again, not that like not that this means a thing, but at the New York Film Critics Circle dinner, Martin Scorsese was just like Todd Field in this movie is incredible. And it was it were, he did the same thing last year for for Jane Campion and The Power of the Dog. And not that they're it's not really comparable at all. But I was just like, I just think that Field feels so much in line with like the last few directing winners. I, I think he's going to just pull it off. He hasn't won a lot because you're right. Like 
that's another reason why I think he actually might have a advantage a little bit is because he's been just kind of lurking. Like everyone's focused on Spielberg, right? In the beginning. And then the Daniels have kind of like stepped in, in the vacuum left by Spielberg and the Fableman's kind of underperforming because like everyone loves the movie and the movie didn't direct itself. So they're obviously like a strong contender and there is like a visual style to it. Though I think, like we've said, the thing that if you're ranking the, the achievements of that movie, it's like the performances, the script, the editing are probably all in front of their directing, even though they had a hand in all of it, right? Like the writing, obviously, and performances, they're directing the performances. Uh, but like their directing is definitely not high on the list, I would say, compared to like Tar, where it's like Kate and Todd are almost like neck and neck in the achievement of the film. Like the movie might not exist without Kate, but the Kate doesn't exist without Todd's direction, I don't think, or the writing. No, and it, it's also like the direction in tar is just so like i don't even know if it's like streamlined is the right word but it's it's just like so confident and yes in a very um specific way to that world it's just like it like that world just comes alive and it's like he knows like what the hell he's doing like this is like what he has always planned to do and he's just executing it um and yeah, and the thing is, is like, even though like everything everywhere, there is a lot of tech stuff happening in there, obviously. It like the direction is still not viewed as like a tech achievement, like e- right. like like you know, like 1917, like that was yeah. like a whole gimmick, like Sam Mendes. Like he was a, a a late bloomer that season, but then he started just winning everything, mm-hmm. um, except the Oscar. But it's yeah, like I I don't I don't know, like they could easily sweep i guess but i I wouldn't be surprised if they won like it would not shock me at all i have no doubt that they could easily win and win all these things but i'm just like i'm going with todd here i'll be proven wrong i guess we'll see uh for best actor's choice the nominees are kate blanchett for tar michelle yo for everything everywhere daniel deadweiler for till emma thompson for good luck to you leo grand anna the armist for blonde and viola davis for the woman king and i have kate blanchett winning for tar yes uh I will say, Michelle, like we said, was on the BBC. She's definitely go- she's definitely campaigning. She's going for it. So is Kate. She was on the cover of a Vanity Fair awards issue this week. Kate had a, a lot of stuff this week. She had yeah, that cover. She was on Jimmy Kimmel. She, she's um, definitely well. going. She had like uh, she had uh, I think it was a SAG screening last night. I too. So yeah. I still think Kate's a front runner. I, I think like she'll win. I do think she'll win at SAG. I, until she loses some of these, I guess I will not be convinced. But I think Michelle is a strong, strong number two, could easily win. Uh, I mean, I think, you know, no offense to the other four. I think it's just between yeah. them. But I'm going Kate. I, we don't really, I guess we don't have to say that much more. I don't know. Like, we'll see. I don't know. There's like, I, I don't know what else yeah. to say. I think like she was always expected to win this anyway. Yes. I think if she lost so. this, I would say, like if she won BAFTA, nothing would to me it's like a great win obviously and like congratulations but i'm not going to be like well she's locked to win the i still think she's gonna win the oscar but it doesn't really affect my opinion of that race but if michelle obviously ever won here at bafta i would be like oh she's winning everything now yeah because sag is also there like sag voting is still open right (laughs) uh for best actor choice the nominees colin farrell for the banshees of inisharan austin butler for elvis brendan Fraser for the whale bill nye for living paul mescal for after Sun and Daryl McCormick for Good Luck to You, Leo Grand, and I have Colin Farrell winning for the Banshees of Inisharan. Yeah, I have Austin in second just because they love Elvis and Baz. Another one here where I'm like, we thought Colin would win this for months, I feel like. It always seemed like the one he would win no matter what. 
Uh, if Austin ever won this, I still have Austin winning the Oscar, but if he ever won this, I'd be like, of course he's winning the Oscar. <laughs> like it would just be like a, a slam dunk at that point to me. And Brendan Fraser, a distant third to me here for BAFTA. They did like the whale a lot more than the Oscars did. <laughs> right. Fraser's still like really ahead, I think, in our Oscar odds. I think he's still in first. Um, but but well, by how much though? Really ahead or I don't know. I guess like I, I shouldn't say Italian. stuff without looking it up, Joyce. Hang on. You're throwing a monkey wrench into my let's see. Cause he uh, did still be in first, but they He's in first by he's just destroying. I mean, like he's got twenty eight hundred first place votes versus eleven hundred sixty seven for Butler and eleven hundred seventy five for, for Farrell. So even if he added them up, they still wouldn't beat Frazier. I have a hard time understanding why that's like that, but so it is. I mean, I, I can see him winning BAFTA. Like, if he won uh, BAFTA, that I'm not going to predict it, but like, oh. I, I can see, like, they obviously like the whale more <laughs> over there. Sure. <laughs> but, um, I don't know. Like, I, I, I would say of the two, like, obviously he has a better chance at SAG than BAFTA, I would say. Yeah. So I could see him winning SAG. And then, so if like, Colin wins BAFTA and Brendan wins SAG. Um, that sucks for Austin. <laughs> but I think, I think like in that case, I would still, I would, I would do Colin. And I think I would switch to Colin after if he wins on Sunday. Cause it's just like the stronger movie, even though he's up against super baby roles. You're saying it's sad if he wins. No, I, I mean at BAFTA. Like, oh. I don't think it matters if Colin wins SAG or not, because I, I don't expect him to win SAG. I have him in third at SAG. Right. If he wins SAG, great. But I don't expect him to win so at SAG. So if Colin wins, you're going to put him in first at the Oscars? Yes. Okay. Uh, I think I still stick with Austin, but we'll see. Uh, for Best Supporting Actresses, this one's really close. Carrie Condon for The Banshees of Sharon, Angela Bassett for Black Panther Wakanda Forever, Jamie Lee Curtis for Everything Everywhere, Dolly DeLeon for Triangle Sadness, Hong Chow for The Whale, and Carrie Mulligan for She Said. And I have Carrie Condon winning for Banshees of Sharon, but I'm not convinced at all that they won't just rubber stamp Angela Bassett here and have her win all the way through. I have Angela here because I do think they might just rubber stamp her, but this is the best chance for Carrie to win because also BAFTA is before SAG. So, like, I think Angela's winning SAG. For so sure. So they're not, they don't have an extra award show to piggyback off of either. Uh, and they also, kind of, yeah. like, like they're not big um, Black Panther fans. Well, that was kind of why I went But against... also the first one, it was only, it only had one nomination, visual effects, and it right. won that <laughs> somehow. So the, so she could be the visual effects of Maybe. Wakanda forever. <laughs> I, like I mostly hope to because like I said, I just want I really want Carrie Condon to win one of these and give a speech because she's so engaging and very fun. And obviously I think Angela Bassett's gonna win at the Oscars and win SAG, like you said. Uh so it's not like any kind of like pothole on her road to victory, but I just I don't know. No, like I think even if Carrie wins this, Angela will win. If Jamie Lee Curtis wins, would that increase your odds on putting her in first? Former place? BAFTA winner Jamie Lee Curtis. I have her in third. So. Me too. Um, but no, actually, I don't even know how many I have Banshees winning here. One, two, three, four, four. Yeah, I could see. So 
Terry will make it five. I mean, that's like like a moderate amount. Like a lot of films have one five there. So uh for supporting actor choice, not a lot here, probably, I would guess, but Kiyukwan for everything everywhere, Brandon Gleason for the Banshees of Sharon, Barry Keoghan for the Banshees of Sharon, Albrecht Schuch for All Quiet on the Western Front, Michael Ward for Empire of Light, and Eddie Redmayne for the good nurse. And I have Kiyukwan winning for everything everywhere all at once. I yeah, nothing to say. <laughs> Congratulations to him. <laughs> Loving him on the uh, on the awards lunch and a lot of selfies. I saw he was pumped to did a pick of Tom, with Tom Cruise. Hell yeah! Uh, can't wait. He he needs it for the gram. So yeah. he was on uh, Colbert last night too. So he's all over. I the love place. I love everyone. You know, going from LA, making the pit stop in New York, and then going to London. Pretty pretty classic. Yeah. Uh, four. Best original screenplay. The nominees are Banshees of Inisherin, Everything Everywhere All at Once, Tar, Triangle of Sadness, and The Fablemans. And I have Banshees of Inisherin winning here over Everything Everywhere All at Once. So I don't know if I'll have this at the Oscars. I think I'll have Everything Everywhere at the Oscars. Um. Yes, another one for Martin. Mm-hmm. So, uh, for adapted screenplay, nothing else to say there. I think really, <laughs> and just like for adapted screenplay, the nominees are Living, All Quiet on the Western Front, The Whale, She Said, and The Quiet Girl. And I have Living, Living winning, Joyce. I do as well. I have All Quiet in second. I think there's a case to be made for it to win. And I actually think it can win at the Oscars too. But uh, for now, I'm doing Living. I'm sticking with Living here. Well, those are the only two Oscar nominees. (laughs) (laughs) But I think um, Living is the better script. And it's also obviously like Kazuo Ishiguro, you know, Nobel laureate. just legendary novelist yes and yeah i don't think it will win at the oscars but i think it can win this definitely uh for best cinematography joyce the nominees are all quiet on the western front top gun maverick elvis empire of light and the batman and i have all quiet on the western front winning uh i do too i have empire of light in second i actually think it could win but all Quiet, I think, is pulled ahead here as like a cinematography frontrunner in the wake of the egregious Top Gun Maverick snub. I don't even think it's that. I think they just like, I mean, it's it's a very well shot film. It's very pretty, but they also just like war movies. <laughs> and I don't, I like, I think it's going to win more than just um, like film in a non-English language. Yes. It has 14 nominations. Yeah. Uh, next up we have best costume design the nominees are Elvis Babylon Mrs. Harris goes to Paris all quiet on the western front and Amsterdam and I have Elvis winning I do too but I did think about uh, Mrs. Harris I have it in third I have Babylon in second they did like Babylon more than uh, a lot of other groups Um, but I don't know if that's like the type of costume that they would award. So I have Mrs. Harris in second. Nice. Uh, I think that'll be a really competitive race at the Oscars. I guess we'll talk about that at another time, but uh, it's a good category. For best film editing, the nominees are Everything Everywhere, Top Gun Maverick, All Quiet on the Western Front, Elvis, and the Banshees of Sharon, And I have Everything Everywhere winning. I have Top Gun. Wow. I have Top Gun in third. I have All Quiet in second. I so this is like they they the two things they love are war movies and 
racing movies. I know like Top Gun, they're not actually racing, but you know, it's like like fast cars, fast planes. Right. So it's like the sleeker, pacier editing. Mm-hmm. So I think it could still win. I mean, would love to see it. I, I'm basically just following the herd here with everything everywhere. I don't think I would personally pick it as my favorite nominee of this category, but it has the most editing. Has the most editing, so that's why I went with it. But we'll see. Uh, for makeup and hair choice, the nominees are The Whale, Elvis, The Batman, All Quiet on the Western Front, and Matilda. And I do have The Whale here, but I'm not really feeling great about it. I have Elvis. Okay, that's what I have in second. I should put it in first, but I'm going to stick with The Whale just because. But I think you're right. I think Elvis can win. I, don't know, I also I just... think Elvis can win at the Oscars here. <laughs> I think I have Elvis at the Oscars. Not the whale. Yeah. Uh, For best production design, Elvis, Babylon, All Quiet, The Batman, and Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. And here I have Babylon winning. I have Elvis, but I really thought about All Quiet um, because 1917 won this over Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which won the Oscar. Sure. So... Babylon is the Once Upon a Time in Hollywood of this year, and All Quiet is the 1917 of this year. I know, but yeah, I have I I think I have Elvis winning three total, right? Yeah, Elvis is first in the odds, so it doesn't it's, it definitely makes sense. Yeah. For best score, uh, Babylon, The Banshees, All Quiet on the Western Front, Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio, and Everything Everywhere, and I have Babylon winning. Um, I do too, and. I really thought about putting All Quiet in first as just another category that it could win. Certainly could win here. Uh, I just think we've all decided that Babylon's winning best score. And I don't think people are putting a lot of thought into this category anymore. It's like, I mean, he's also not facing John Williams here, but I don't even know. I don't even know what I have. And I think I have Babylon in first place. Like I, I don't have John Most Williams people have it in first place, the Oscars too. It just seems like, yep, Babylon. So, uh, I yeah. love to see it. I love Justin Hurwitz. I interviewed him, Joyce. So obviously, I'm going all the way with him. It's, yeah, I could still see him, like losing the Oscar. I don't know to what though. <laughs> yeah, I could also see Banshees winning those, like Heart of Pearl. <laughs> I had Banshees in in third. I, I think it could win. Um. So, for best sound. All Quiet, Top Gun, Elvis, Avatar, and Tar, and I have All Quiet winning. Um, I do as well. Just, you know, War. Love War. Yeah. Visual effects, Avatar, Batman, Top Gun, Everything Everywhere, and All Quiet, I have Avatar. Yes. This is one of the most locked-up categories in the history of awards, Is right? this more locked than Key? Yes. <laughs> not a soul on earth will expect <laughs> Avatar to not win here. In any award show, in any category, it's obviously going to win. They shouldn't even... I also, I also love that Jim, uh, Big Jim, did not go to the luncheon. So. He was like, I'm not doing this. He's shit. he's counting the, the millions from the Titanic re-release. So. I'm not doing this shit. I gotta go see Titanic in 3D, HDR, whatever, and, you know, with the RDX or with the water splashing on my face. Uh... This one is fun. Best casting, which we had this at the Oscars. The nominees are Everything Everywhere, Triangle of Sadness, All Quiet, Elvis, and After Sun. And I really had a tough time with this, but I went Everything Everywhere. I have After Sun in second, though. Um, I have Everything Everywhere, too, but I have After Sun last. <laughs> I think you could get it. I think it would win. 
I have triangle in second. Triangle is in second in the odds. Everything everywhere feels like would win here though, right? I, yeah, I don't know. Cause I, I feel like this is not as obvious as last year. Like last year I was like, West Side Story is winning this like easy. Right. Um, Just based on like the lineup last year. Right. But this, I think you can make a case for like, like all of them. <laughs> I think you can make a case for all of them, honestly. I really yeah. do. Um, it's a good category. So I don't know. Maybe maybe Elvis might have the hardest sell, but I well, know. I don't know because it's like you think about what are they, what are they awarding here? It's not the it's not ensemble. It's cast. No, it's the, the like, ca- it awards the casting director. Right. So it's like Elvis actually should be very high up because not only are you finding Elvis, but a lot of the people in the movie are not famous, right? Like almost, yeah. almost like you're really finding people. But I think I'm I'm just thinking know. in the mind of a a voter. Right. Like they just think of like Austin Butler and Tom Hanks. Right. No, you're you know? right. I don't disagree, but it is it is like a little yeah. nuanced. Yeah, um, whereas like the cast of these other films like, you know, except for like Michelle and like JLC and then maybe like 20 minutes later you realize that Kiki Kwan wasn't two of your favorite movies from your childhood like right. uh, like most of these casts are like quote unquote unknowns you know or like not like really famous right. like A-listers so I uh, don't know for animated feature this one they only have four nominees and I don't think we're going to spend more than a second on this Pinocchio Marcel Puss in Boots Turning Red Pinocchio is going to win yes great uh for documentary feature, this one is tough. I, I So Moon Age Daydream is the first in our odds. The other nominees are All the Beauty and the Bloodshed, Fire of Love, All That Breathes, and Nalvani. I don't know, Joyce. I have Fire of Love winning. I have no idea, though. I have Moon Age Daydream. Sure. I mean, I would have thought, like, it, it makes sense because David Bowie. That was my, yes. that was the thinking. He's British, right? Or they like him in England. <laughs> So I was like, great, that would be doing it. But I'm just like, I I don't know if there's a lot of enthusiasm for that movie. I just don't. I mean. I don't know either. And and like, it's also, this is, um, you know, we've been, I guess, I don't know, spoiled last couple of years where there's a pretty obvious winner in, um, or yeah. I don't know. No, I don't know. I mean, I think, but then you go through them. I'm like, all the beauty and bloodshed, uh, Nan Golden got a big applause at the the Oscars luncheon, Joyce. So, you know, maybe winning. that's something. I put All That Breathes in third because I feel like that's been everywhere and people really do like it. And it's like a serious movie. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, because it's like last year, like we all knew Summer of Soul was winning. And then like my octopus teacher, just sure everyone loved that movie. <laughs> I mean, I'll be curious to see what wins. I put Fire Love in just because I'm like, it feels like quirky, but like a little... Uh, you know, warm-hearted. I have that in second, actually. I, I have all the beauty in third, which I think I have in first at the Oscars. Yeah. Uh, for foreign film, is that what we call it? But I guess it's film not in English language, right? Is the actual uh, thing for BAFTA mm-hmm. on, our, on our prediction center. It's foreign film. It's All Quiet on the Western Front, Decision to Leave, Argentina 1985, The Quiet Girl, and Corsage. And here I have All Quiet on the Western Front, another lock of locks. Yes. And I, again, I don't think this will be the only award it wins, even though it doesn't seem like it might win other ones. I don't know. Yeah. 
for best British film, we talked about this already. Banshee's Vinny Sharon, I think, is going to win, but the other nominees are Living After Sun, Good Luck to You, Leo Grand, Empire of Light, Matilda, The Wonder, The Swimmers, See How They Run, and Brian and Charles. Um, yeah, Banshee's. I have Living in second, but it's a distant second. And then the last one we're going to do in our predictions before we go to the other uh, guild stuff, Joyce. Rising Star. Great category. Daryl McCormick, Naomi Aki, Amy Lou Wood, Emma Mackey, and Sheila Ateem. I have so Darryl... this is voted on by the public. So, so I have Daryl McCormick... <laughs> McCormick winning, uh, but I could see Naomi Aki winning. I have her in second. I guess I put Amy Lou Wood in here when I did this. So she's amazing uh-huh. and living and oh, I'd love to see it. I'm just, I'm just going to keep her here because I like suck at this category. Cause I don't know what the British people like. She was on uh, sex education. I believe also Amy Lou Wood. Yeah. Um, last year, Lashana Lynch won. Yeah. That's why you maybe go to like Sheila, a team, her, her woman King co-star. Uh, I don't know. I loved Amy Lou Wood. I was like, when I saw Living in Telluride Joyce, I was like, best supporting actress, let's go. But it never happened. You you put her in for a hot second. I did. I, she's amazing in it. And she gets to share all her scenes with Bill Nye, who's like a- Yeah, she, she's very good, but just like- No one cared about the Never. Movie. It was just all about Bill. It's just then, all about Bill. They could have- yeah. I, I think if Living came out like in 1999 or 1998, it would have gotten like five Oscar nominations, including Best Picture. It would have been an easy one to imagine uh, just going- the the academy feeling excited about but in 2023 nobody cared beyond bill and the script i don't know so i th- i think she could she could win a second bafta because she has a she has a tv bafta already that'd so. be great and that's yeah. our bafta predictions joyce we did it not bad uh yeah i i don't know like i said nothing will be surprised like if my picks are wrong i'd be like sure i'm sure like the people who win would be very expected otherwise like there's a few categories it seems that are up for debate but uh, next up, we have. Okay. Do you want to do Directors Guild? We're gonna go back in time. <laughs> yes, Directors Guild and art directors are on the same day. So. Right on Saturday. BAFTA was first on Sunday. Uh, do you want to do all the categories or just the film ones? We can do all of them. Don't be rude. <laughs> I respect it. I respect it. All right. For film director choice at the DGA Awards, the nominees are Steven Spielberg, first in our odds, Daniel and Daniel. Todd Field, Martin McDonough, and Joseph Kaczynski. And here I have the Daniels winning. I do too, but um, yeah, I don't know. I feel like I should just predict them for like both this and BAFTA yeah. and then just see what happens. <laughs> uh, I'll predict them here. I think it feels like they would win here. I have Todd in second here and I have Spielberg in third. I have Steven in second. I, I think he could... I mean, this is the only thing he can win until the Oscars. Right. Um, and they do love him there. Like he has the record number of wins and nominations. If so, he wins, you're still, like you said, you're not going to change anything. No, that wouldn't be enough to convince me he's winning the Oscar. Okay. <laughs> but if like Todd wins, then like. If Todd wins, let's go. Like, what about yeah. this scenario? Todd wins BAFTA, Stephen wins DGA. Do you still think the Daniels win at the Oscars? No. Um, I mean, they they can, I guess, because I still think they're 
film is stronger than theirs. Um, but no, like we just, mm, because so when was the last time there was a DJ BAFTA split? Was it, was it Birdman and Boyhood? Mm. So that just, that went Birdman right. at DGA. So. Mm, I don't know, but cause then like in that scenario, like that would probably be Fableman's only win. So he would just be Jane Campion <laughs> again, except his film was weak right. um, basically the whole time. Um, and he wasn't sweeping. Um, but that that would definitely be something that I think would happen if you told like a casual that, oh, Steven Spielberg won the Golden Globe DGA, which most people don't even know what it is, and the Oscar. But they'll be like, yeah, that makes sense. I mean, if you're like, we are looking at this like very much in the weeds. If you take like a 30,000 foot view of this, if yeah. you told a, a regular person that Steven Spielberg won best director for Fablemans, they'd be like, sure. Like they yeah. would be like, what's Fablemans? And then would be like, okay, yes. So um, <laughs> quick story on Monday was the Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania screening. Yes, I was there. I didn't see you. I was there too. We did not see it. We were in a gigantic IMAX theater. It was huge. Yeah. So big. Um, but anyway, the guy next to me, because obviously you have to get there early and like we were there, we were like sitting down like 40 minutes before the thing started. So this guy okay. next to me was talking to his friend covering a lot of topics like Super Bowl. They were dream casting Fantastic Four. What they come up stuff. with um they they said Penn Badgley um <laughs> come on I know Amanda Seyfried uh or Rachel Brosnahan and then the friend was like Rachel Brosnahan he was like I don't know I just saw it on TikTok so like whatever but anyway the last like three minutes they got onto the Oscars so then like the guy directly next to me he he was like he loves tar so he's like kate should win it's like either her or michelle Yeoh, but kate should win um he said like you know he's winning supporting actor angela's winning supporting actress and he said colin should win best actor he thought austin was good he said brendan was fine um he also loved after son um but he's like paul's not winning wow and Real film twitter in person <laughs> good god Just, like yeah and then like his so then, like, he was just like Thomas' friend. Oh, they, they spent a lot of time on supporting actor because then they got on to Fableman's and they were talking about like Judd. They couldn't believe that like Judd got in just for that one scene because they thought it was great, but they preferred Paul Dano, sure. obviously. So then they were talking about that category and it was like, they were like, it should have been like double Fableman's and double Banshees. And then they couldn't remember the fifth nominee. So then he actually Googled and was like, oh, Brian Tyree Henry. <laughs> wow, the disrespect. I know, but they, but then they were talking about Fablements and how great um, it was, and they love Steven, and they think Steven should win, and they were talking about, um, like, the the divorce scene, you know, like, the the mirror shot that he did right. and stuff, and then, um, and then he was like, <laughs> but talk about good directing, you know what else is good? The Juilliard scene in Tar, so, like, Todd Field should also win. <laughs> That's a great scene. It is definitely, like, a great scene, uh. So those are those are his two favorites. Those are the normie takes. Was that film Twitter takes? Those were, I mean, like he, you know, he also seemed appeared to be a Knicks fan. He had a Knicks cap on, so he like he seemed to know a lot of stuff. Obviously, so I don't I don't know what I would say he's like specifically film Twitter, but yeah. Did uh you like Ant Man, Joyce? I did, and um I think like all I think it's it's getting a bad rap. 
you know, I know the reviews have not been great, but I was like, I don't know what people are expecting from this. Cause like, I, I always liked the Ant-Man franchise cause it was low stakes and kind of like standalone. And that was the first two, but like, obviously this one is the first film of phase five and they're going to set up Kang and everything. So it's bigger in scale, no pun intended. Um, it is, it is very busy. Um, it is. I, I, yeah. I gotta say, I might've liked it more than the last Thor and also maybe more than Black Panther. I think it's definitely Thunder. better than Thor, Love and Thunder. Yes. And I, um, I kind of think it's better than Black Panther also. It's, uh, yeah, um, Wakanda Forever. Well, it's shorter, which I also love. So that was the, the thing. The Ant-Man films are, are like two hours, you're in and out, which are great. Right. So, and that it's was... also not as much exposition as Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, um, even though obviously they have to give a lot of backstory to Kang and Janet and their time in the quantum realm but I really enjoyed uh Jonathan Majors but I also really enjoyed uh Modoc. you can't really spoil it I guess but what a great uh character no, it's it's uh it's it's been out there yeah very fun they've, they've already like they've done interviews about it so <laughs> very fun uh so Payne Reed great job but not winning DGA I still saw the Daniels winning here uh next category was first time director Joyce I think we probably have the same person uh the nominees are Charlotte Wells, Alice Diop, John Patton Ford, Audrey Diwan, and Antonetta Alamet Kuzinjanovic. Uh, so and I'm going to have Charlotte Wells. Sure. Yeah. Seems great. Mm-hmm. I have John Patton Ford in second and Alice Diop in third. They're flipped in all. I have place. Alice in second and Audrey in third. Wow. People loved Emily the Criminal, Joyce. That's my take. They do, but I think like they also love Saint Omer and happening too. Sure. I feel like I've been talking about happening for three years. <laughs> I mean, certainly he's been out for uh, around for a while. Yeah. Uh, for feature doc film documentary director, it's we have it by film titles. So I don't actually have all the nominees for these. It's All Beauty and the Bloodshed, which is Laura Portress, Fire of Love, Sarah Dosa, All That Breathes. Uh, I forget the director's name. Uh, Navani, I forget the director's name, and Retrograde, I forget the director's name. So. Congratulations, to those unnamed. Well, directors. I talked to the All That Breathes director, uh, Shinok Sen. Oh, nice. So you but, um, I am not predicting him because I'm not you. So yeah. I have All the Beauty and the Bloodshed winning here with Laura Poitras. I do too. <laughs> uh, and I have Fire of Love in second. Uh, so that's that. Now we go to TV Joyce, TV directing. Uh, the nominees there are Severance, The We We Are, Better Call Saul, Ozark, Euphoria, and Severance, Hide and Seek. I have The We We Are, which I believe is the finale directed by Ben Stiller. It is. Um, so I obviously initially had Better Call Saul on here because, you know, yeah. I had to. But I've since switched to Ozark. Wow. Jason Bateman, baby. Let's go. Yeah. Why not? So like this is I think it's his third nomination. So I feel. Yeah. So the first time he lost to um, our guy, Adam McKay, for Succession, mm-hmm. the pilot. And then the last time he lost to Leslie Linka Gladder for Homeland. They love the girl Leslie. Mm-hmm. So, um, but they always nominate him. So I feel like this is like their chance to finally award him. Like, I don't, I don't necessarily know if this is a lock for Ben. I think everyone is predi- like, is assuming Ben is going to win. Yes. So... I don't know. Uh, I don't think it's a lock, but I mean, like, I don't have any reason to think. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he won. Yeah. yeah. Like, he won for Escape at Danamora. Uh, for comedy directing, nominees are White Lotus, Barry, The Bear, Wednesday, Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, and I have White Lotus winning. 
I obviously have to go with my guy, Bill, sure. for Summit 10 North. Let's go. I, I think Mike White will win, though, pretty easily. Um, He lost last year to Hacks. Right. So. Makes me think that's even more of a reason why he'd win. Because he lost last year. Yes. <laughs> Bill yes. has never lost. Uh, would be great for Bill to win, but... Next, we have TV movie miniseries directing. The nominees are Weird, Station Eleven, Unbroken Circle, which is uh, the finale, Obi-Wan, Inventing Anna, and Station Eleven, Who's There? And Joyce, I'm going out on a limb and having Inventing Anna win. Um, okay. Uh, love that... This is the second year in a row that Station Eleven is competing here because they they aired in December 2021 and January 2022. So last year, Hero Mirai was nominated. Yes. Um, I don't actually, I'm not confident in this at all. And I don't know like who else to go to, but I have weird and I like, I don't actually think it's winning. But... So that this is how, how I came to inventing Anna. Uh, I think the Station Eleven nominees knock each other out, right? So they're probably going to split the vote. Uh, weird, I don't think would win. I just, I don't think it would. I don't know. I mean, I interviewed the director. I don't Eric think Apple. it would either, but I'm just like, I don't. I loved know him. He was a great, a great story. He did a lot of work. We had him on our DGA panel. I just, it doesn't seem like the type of movie or thing that would win here. That's basically the bias I feel against comedy. Yeah, that's Definitely the thing, because it's a movie, and I feel like, I guess I should just do um, Obi-Wan then. So Obi-Wan would be the choice, but I'm also like, do we think Obi-Wan is going to win? Obi-Wan would not was not even like the most popular Star Wars thing from no. last year. <laughs> so then Inventing Anna, by default, I have winning. It's the most popular show of this group. And uh, sure, why not? It is not, you can't, I mean, the content of the show aside, it's not badly directed, I don't think. Uh, so I have it winning. <laughs> It's a completely unhinged reasons, but there you go. I don't even... Is is everyone just predicting weird? Weird is out in front in, in the Station Eleven finale, which is absolutely beautiful, would be the second choice. But I think they're going to split I mean, the vote. I just do. I... So last year, Barry Jenkins won this. Right. And now this year, um, it's going to be Eric Apple for weird. I feel... I don't, should I just do Obi-Wan? Because she directed the whole thing. <laughs> sure. Because the last couple winners, it's, it's like kind of at the like at the Emmys. It's like if you direct the whole series, you right. win. Yeah, no, she's great. Deborah Chow's great. I just think people didn't care about Obi-Wan that much. I mean, I don't disagree, but like, you know, Andor is an ongoing series. Sure. <laughs> it's not here. <laughs> sure. No, I know. Uh, um, yeah, this is a, you know, compared to last year's lineup. <laughs> not a... Not, not great. Uh, for TV variety series directing, the nominees are SNL, Last Week Tonight, Late, Late Show with Colbert, Daily Show with Trevor Noah, and Real Time with Bill Maher. And I have SNL winning. Yes. Nothing else to say. And that's it. I think we've reached the end of the line on direct. That's the DGA. Now, Art the, Directors Guild. The most important one. <laughs> A lot of categories. Let's go. I haven't touched this. Since I did them. So I'm going to do. I just did them this morning. I'm going to do some live updates if I don't like the way things look. But first up, film period design. The nominees are Elvis Babylon, All Quiet, Fableman's White Noise. And I have 
Babylon winning. Um, I have Elvis and I have Babylon in second. Seems likely, but uh, I'm going to go Babylon because I think Babylon's winning at the Oscars in production design. And so there you go. Sure. Uh, for fantasy film, film fantasy design, the nominees are Avatar, Black Panther, Everything Everywhere, The Batman, Nope. And I have Black Panther, Wakanda Forever in first. But I'm actually going to change that to everything everywhere all at once and have that winning. Sorry to Avatar. I have it in second. I have Avatar and I have Black Panther in second. Somehow Black Panther not nominated for the Oscars. Hannah Beachler just didn't make it. I don't understand. I would say the work she did in this one is I mean, I, I, I explain my reasoning for dropping it. I know. But <laughs> uh for film contemporary design. The nominees are Glass Onion, Top Gun, Bardo, Tar, and Bullet Train. My beloved Bullet Train, but I have Glass Onion winning. Top Gun in second. I thought about Top Gun. I have in second. Um, I also have Glass Onion. I also thought about Bardo. Would be great. Good production design in Bardo. Yeah. So. Uh, for... I don't know. I think like Top Gun is the cleanest, but mm -hmm. Glass Onion is the flashiest. Right. For animated film, Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio, Marcella Shell, Puss in Boots, Turning Red, and Lightyear. I have Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio first. Not your daughter's favorite film, Lightyear? No. Good God. <laughs> <laughs> um, I also have Pinocchio, obviously. <laughs> uh, it seems like it would be shocking if it lost. What do you think? Um, yeah, like it got in at BAFTA. <laughs> <laughs> i don't know nothing else to say <laughs> no uh next is oh no did i close it there there it is uh tv joyce period one hour period single camera the nominees are the crown the gilded age the marvelous mrs mazel pachinko and peaky blinders and i have the crown winning uh i do too not a great season for the crown but great art design uh, I I mean, I think they, I don't remember when they split this because it used to be combined period and fantasy. Right. Um, but I think Maisel has won this before. Um, but I have the crown. Uh, next is TV one hour fantasy, single camera, House of the Dragon, Lord of the Rings, Rings of Power, Andor Wednesday and Stranger Things. I have House of the Dragon winning. Last year, this was a very deservedly won by Loki. Yes. Um, but I also have House of the Dragon. I Golden actually have Andor in second. Dragon. I have Andor in second. I do too. Um, and I have Lord of the Rings in third. <laughs> For TV one hour contemporary single camera, the nominees are Severance, White Lotus, Euphoria, Better Call Saul, and Ozark. And I have Severance winning. Yes. Um, I have White Lotus in second. Mm hmm for TV or I think, I think Ozark has won this before too. So it could, but Severance, I feel like, is actually like really well, yeah, because it's like, you know, Lumon. So for a TV movie or limited series, nominees are Station Eleven, Cabin of Curiosities, Obi-Wan, Moon Knight, and Disney's Pinocchio. Not to be confused with Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. I have Station Eleven winning. Same. Um I I just picked that by default, really. <laughs> 
but um, it, like it's a you know good production design too yeah. um but uh, yeah for tv half hour single camera comedy yes right okay or just i guess half hour it doesn't have to be comedy but they're all comedies our flag means that only murders what we do in the shadows hacks and emily in paris and i have only murders winning I thought about that, um, but I did what we do in the shadows because it's won the past two years. <laughs> Third in our odds. Number one, our odds is our flag means death. I could see that because there's a pirate ship. So it means like you did some art design, art, you know, art direction. Um, but yeah, that, I feel like no one has talked about that show. I mean, not that I can't win, but I'm just like, I, I haven't agree. thought about that show since like last spring. <laughs> I agree. And I think that's why it's not a serious contender here. Uh, yeah. For, TV multi-camera. The nominees are The Neighborhood, How We Met Your Father, The Connors, United States of Al, and Bob Hart's Abishola. And I have The Neighborhood winning. I have Himyeth. I have it in second. I could see that happening. So I don't think Himyam ever won, but it was basically nominated like every year. Right. So. And then I think that we have one more. TV it's variety or competition. <laughs> SNL, RuPaul, a sketch, a Black Lady Sketch Show, Lizzo's Watch Out for the Big Girls and Waffles and Mochi, and I have SNL, like you said. Congratulations to all the nominees. And Trace, now we can close out with some, some listener emails. I got some, and I remember to read them. Uh, you could email us at slugfest at goldderby.com. Here's an email from Harold and Maude. Wow. They write, I'm a big fan of the podcast, and I'm always looking forward to the new episodes. My question is about best cinematography and if Bardo has any chance to win that award. All Quiet on the Western Front seems like a strong frontrunner, but it's missing the ASC nomination and a film hasn't won the Oscar without that since Pan's Labyrinth. Bardo certainly has the showiest cinematography and Darius Kanji is a very respected person in the industry. Do you think it could overcome the divisiveness of the film? Um, sure. Um, I gotta say, Harold and Mod made me want to pick Bardo. I don't know. Like, it could easily win. But, I don't, like, I don't know. But also, like, why specifically Bardo? Why not all? Why not um, Empire of Light or Tar? <laughs> so, um, or Elvis? Don't do you still have Elvis winning? I do. But it feels like any of these movies could win. Yeah, because that's what happens when, you know, the when the person who has been sweeping is snubbed. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, like I didn't I have all quiet um here mm -hmm. because Top Gun is not here. Right. Um, and you know, like James friend uh did win the BSC, not the ASC. Right. Although every time I see BSC, I just think of Babysitter's Club. So, but he <laughs> won the, the British version. So, uh, but I think like he probably missed ASC because like that was such a late breaking film for people mm -hmm. too. So, um, but like, I, I don't, I don't, I don't think people are like not going to vote for him because he wasn't nominated there. <laughs> Right. you know so it like and you know what 16 years it's like that's a long enough time for the stat to be broken right 
Um, I mean, like Pan's Labyrinth, we we talked about this on Oscars playback. That was just like a weird year for that movie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, next email comes from uh, Joe Silva, who writes, hey, guys, enjoyed last week's conversation, which was about Andrew Riseborough and all these other things, I think. Uh, question. I noticed on my Facebook feed that a couple of years back, the Oscars were held as early as February 9th. That said, what impact do you think the other award shows like BAFTA and SAG are having on Oscar voting now that the show is now happening in March? Joyce, what do you think? Anything? We talked about it here with BAFTA. A little. Well, yeah, SAG voting is still open after BAFTA right. announces its winners. Um, and SAG has the largest body. So like, who knows how many people turn in their ballots on the last five days. Right. Um but like I mean I think like everyone is aware who wins what but like three years ago when it was on February 9th that was just so packed like every weekend we had an award show um you know it was like the the Super Bowl and the BAFTAs were on the same day and then like the day before <laughs> it was like the WGA awards and if you recall like they had to do all the film awards first um so like the nom the BAFTA nominees could take a red eye to London to go to the BAFTAs. And that's when we got Bong Joon-ho and Taika Waititi, their iconic airport shots. So, I mean, that was, that was just like an intense <laughs> calendar, <laughs> but um, I, I think like, you know, the longer calendar is good in that I think it gives people more time to check everything out if they haven't yet you yeah. know that's and the then hope. yeah and then like you know maybe feelings change like I think you know last year the ceremony was on March 27th and I think you know like Coda benefited from the long lag time absolutely yeah like so like people you know after one sag like people discovered the movie they started watching it more um so i guess like this year there's only two weeks in between because sag is the 26th mm -hmm. so then wga is the fifth and then oscars are the 12th and voting starts march 2nd <clears throat> so yeah i mean you could say there's there could be recency bias but i still think like if if you have a favorite in whatever category you're still you're probably going to vote for your favorite and not necessarily what just won an award right um we like to hope that they're going to vote for their favorite right i mean that's i it. think they do i think i think like you might only be swayed by what just won an award if you're really just apathetic about a category right. like you don't really care either way and you're like oh like they just won bafta so i'll vote for them uh, last one, Joyce, you can email us at slugfest at goldderby.com. This one's great. It's from Tony, Coca-Cola. Tony writes, love your work and intrigued by Joyce's dream award system proposal. To contextualize this, last week, Joyce, you suggested everyone votes at like the same time. They lock up the in results secret. in secret. Yeah. They lock up the results and then they kind of release that after a period of time. So no one is influenced by other people, basically. Uh -huh. uh, so love that idea. Given that the only decent way to determine a film's worth is over time, how about this for a system shakeup? The Oscars should be awarded 10 years late. 
I think we've talked about this before where they're on one of these or like an Oscars playback yes. where like, I, I think I might have said maybe like five years. So, so you know? this year we would award films released in 2012. And then he asks what films performances hold up after a decade. Now we haven't done uh, an Oscars playback on the 2012 rates. Cause it's a little too recent, but do you want to look at these movies that won quickly? And uh, are you going to vote for Argo? <laughs> <laughs> I really did like Argo and I didn't look at the whole full year of movies. So I don't want to say like, uh, I'll just look at the best picture nominees that year were Argo, Amour, Beasts of the Southern Wild, Django Unchained, Les Miserables, Life of Pi, Lincoln, Silver Linings, and Zero Dark Thirty. That is an awesome lineup. It's like really a lot of bangers, I would say. But you uh, would vote for Argo. <laughs> I would probably right now vote for Lincoln or Silver Linings. Those are my two favorites of that year. Um, probably Lincoln. It's the one I've seen the most, honestly. I love Lincoln. I saw that twice in the theaters. <laughs> Me too. I saw, I think, like oh. four or five times overall. Uh, but uh, all of these are great. Django, I think, is awesome. I still love it. I think it's great. Great Leo performance. Uh, Argo's fine. I never was that into it. Love Ben. Yeah, Ooh. Argo. It was just very, like, consensus good. Yeah, like yeah. I don't know anyone who doesn't like Argo. Um, totally fine. Um, I like Zero Dark Thirty. Love Zero Dark Thirty, and uh, the controversy got, was dumb. Incredibly, um, it got totally nuked, but a, a fantastic movie. I remember seeing that and just loving it. Uh, I agree. I would probably put that pretty high too on the ballot. I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I would probably do. Lincoln or Zero Dark Thirty, honestly. <laughs> I mean, look at that list of pictures and no offense to what we got this year, but holy cow, like that is a great lineup compared to what we have this year. I mean, like I'm not a big Lay Miss fan. Like I, I don't stunk. really like Silver, Laning, uh, Silver Linings. Silver Linings so. I loved. I'm not surprised you didn't like it, but I really loved it. You know, it. I'm not a big DOR. No. I, I loved it. Beasts of Southern Wild, I did not. So Beasts of Southern Wild, I think has the most influential and probably one of my favorite scores of the last like definitely decade. Uh, but I don't think the movie's very good. Uh, and a more I'm like not super hot on, but the others are all good to very good to great. Um, yeah, so uh, I don't know. Best but... director that year was Ang Lee, obviously. We talked about this a little before. Michael Haneke, Ben Zeitlin, Steven Spielberg, and David O. Russell. I would have gone Spielberg here, no doubt. Uh, I would have done that too. And but and like when Ben Affleck was snub, like people thought Stephen was going to win because Lincoln had the most nominations. Yeah. So, but obviously, Life of Pi is the the tech movie. Sure. Uh, actor this year, hard to go against the pick. It was Daniel Day Lewis as Lincoln. The other nominees were Bradley. I, I would still give it to him. <laughs> Hugh Jackman, Joaquin Phoenix for the Master, and Denzel for Flight. I think a lot of people would maybe go Joaquin for the Master, but yeah, but I I I do love that. Lincoln performance. Man, he's the um, goat. It, it's a great performance. Now, like I would, now, I would now. still give it. I would still give him his third for this, and not Phantom Thread. <laughs> I agree. Uh, best actress was uh, Jennifer Lawrence for Silver Linings. The other nominees were Jessica Chastain, Emmanuel Riva, Kwanjane Wallace, and Naomi Watts. I think you can make a case for Jessica Chastain. Certainly, her performance in this is much better than her performance in Tammy Faye. Uh, but yeah. I also love Jennifer Lawrence in Silver Linings. I don't have a problem with her winning for this, let's say. Um, yeah, I don't either. I wouldn't have voted for her. Like, I, I would have given to her this year for Causeway, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
this um yeah jess was good i think the clip they played for her was when she's yelling at kyle chandler great clip right i know i know but it's so like you know like baby like that scene when she has like other better scenes like i love the scene with her and james gandolfini r.i.p it's a great movie should rewatch i think that was the clip they played for her at sag um but Uh, i i don't know i would i i do love emmanuel reba this was uh this ceremony was held on her birthday yeah um r.i.p too uh supporting um, actor i might do go with her reva nice supporting actor was waltz for for, for Django, kind of doing another version of uh inglorious bastards but i got to say and the other nominees were alan arkin robert de niro philip seymour hoppin for the master and tommy lee jones for lincoln i mean i've rewatched Django within like the last like three years and, and christoph waltz is awesome in it i do think he's great I, I think most people would probably say philip seymour hoffman for the master here if they were redoing it yeah but I, I don't think it's like bad that christoph waltz won it's a little silly because he won basically for a similar part in 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 the abstract at least for for inglorious but he's good in Django. it was also that it was like he's a co-lead and like he's in supporting and people thought like he he took a spot the, the spot for leo <laughs> i mean so so those who are a co-lead too though yeah um and <clears throat> but it's it's more that you know like the story of Django and like you know it's yeah. like the two of them really if if Django if if I mean I don't care here. that he's here so. if 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 Leo is nominated here do you think he would have won um instead of Kristoff yeah um no no I don't Jamie Fox should have been nominated in best actor instead of Hugh Jackman The others, um, the others feel a little more set. Denzel, Joaquin, and Bradley Cooper. Yeah, they were. I mean, the the person who missed here was um, John Hawks for, right, the sessions. But yeah, I would have been fine with a Jamie nomination, um, or you know, SLJ too. Um, oh, he was great. But, SLJ was really, really good in, in, in Django. That was a great performance. Yeah, but like this category, it was like, you know, they were all former winners. So it was like, who's going to win again? And right. it was just like the the flashy, like mustache twirling almost. Well, he's like, like a good, he's like a good guy in it, right? Isn't he? Yes, but it's like, it's still a kind of like the same vein as, yes. like you said, like yeah. Glorious Bastards. It's like the same vibe. So it's like, they just, you know. They like, like that vibe. Them. They like that vibe. Yeah. Uh, and like and like Tommy Lee Jones won the SAG because Christoph Waltz wasn't nominated there. Right. Uh, and then we'll just do anything. I guess we could do best supporting actress is Anne Hathaway for Les Mis for her one scene. Uh, the other nominees are well, Amy for Adams, one song. <laughs> sure. Amy Adams, Sally Field, Helen Hunt, and Jackie Weaver. If I was doing this again, I mean, I'm glad Anne Hathaway has an Oscar, so I don't want to take it away from her. I don't love any of the other performances enough to to reconsider. Yeah, I'm fine with her here, and I'm not super passionate about any of these either. So, like, I'd love Amy Adams to win an Oscar, but I don't think the Master needed to be her Oscar winning role. Sally Field as Mary Todd Lincoln was great, but fine. Uh, Helen Hunt, no. Jackie Weaver, no. Yeah. And then screenplay Django won for Quentin, and Argo won Best Adapted Screenplay over Tony Kushner for Lincoln. No offense to Chris Terrio, who seems like a nice man, but get right the fuck out. <laughs> That's like, get Tony Kushner. Yeah, he's the one for that. Oh um, my God. But it was just like, you just knew Argo was going to win here. Argo is the 20, 
13 Oscars version of Coda. Like it had to carry something else without Ben. So there you go. So what a list that adapted screenplay nominees. Argo, Chris Terrio is like a legitimate writer. I mean, he's done like a lot of good stuff. So I'm not like knocking it, but then Beast of Southern Wild, Ben Zeitlin, uh, sure. Uh, David Maggie for Life of Pi. I interviewed him for for Man Called Auto Choice. Remember uh, that one? Yeah, your your favorite film of December. Tom Hanks, best actor. Still waiting for that one to come in. Uh, Tony Kushner for Lincoln. You know what? It's still lighting up the box office. We're still relining. Yeah, it is. It's what they call a heartland hit, Joyce, I think. Tom Hanks still got it. And that's it, I guess. So if you want to email us, email us at uh, slugfest at goldderby.com. Thanks so much for those great emails. Uh, And I guess we'll talk next week, Joyce. We'll we'll be back. What are we going to do next week? More uh, guilds, I guess. Well, yeah, because next week is PGA. Right. And SAG. Can't wait. So we'll get all of those. It'll be so great. And maybe another Andrea Riser interview. We'll see if... uh, Every week there's something else. Hey, bye. For all things Hollywood competition and awards season, head to goldderby.com and follow us on social media at goldderby. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.